you know, as our faith grows, our obedience grows, the peace that we have grows, our purpose grows, you know, our security comes from our trust in God, not Mm -hmm. our trust in money. Hi, everybody. I'm Suzanne, and I want to welcome you to the Find and Follow podcast. And today we are on week two of a sermon series that God doesn't need your money. And joining me today is Tammy Metters. Tammy, I'm so glad to have you back on the podcast today. Yes, so glad to be here. We are, um, we're going to dive into this conversation for a few minutes and just spend some time talking about not necessarily our money, but how what God is doing in the midst of this. So I have a question that um, Gabe and Chris have been asking all of us in the last two weeks of this sermon series, and that is, are you a saver or are you a spender? Well, I don't even have to hesitate for that answer because I am definitely a spender. Um, And I really see being a saver and a spender, you're, you're collecting something, right? You're either collecting money or you're collecting things that the money can buy. So I definitely am a spender. Um, Do you follow any of the Instagram or TikTok accounts that it's Amazon products you just might need? Um, Unfortunately, yes. Way too many of them. I need to stop following those Mm -hmm. accounts because Mm -hmm. they trick me. They trick me. They show me things that I that I might need. And I think I do need those things. So definitely um, it's a temptation to spend too much, to overspend. I feel like I need these products. They'll make my life better. They're easier, better, faster, more convenient. I love love that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that I am a spender as well. Okay. And I have to be really careful with, I think it's really interesting for me right now. I do see social media, like the ads in social media are, they'll get you every time. Um, All these face serums, you know, and all these, all this stuff. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to make my life better. And then of course my husband says, are you going to buy, how many more things are you going to buy and use one time and never use again? I'm sorry. Have you seen the meme where the lady has a lawn chair at the mailbox waiting for her Amazon delivery? I have not seen this. Okay, that's me. That's me. This is an area I need to improve in for sure. Grace, grace to you. Um, My neighbor (laughs) jokes about the Amazon deliveries to my house. Um, I do have three teenage boys that have lots of, they go through a lot of things really fast. So. Amazon is convenient, but it can also be addictive. It can be. Well, it's too um, easy. I, I want to talk a little bit, too, about, let's talk about generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your image of generosity? Mm-hmm. And then how does, did your story influence um, or shape your view of money? My image of generosity is a surrendered life is a life surrendered to the voice of God, Mm. living for the purposes of God, Um, our economy being um, about the goals of the kingdom and Mm -hmm. about us using our resources for the goals of the kingdom. So I guess I would say if I feel like I'm living more generously, it means I'm living more surrendered to to the voice of God listening to what he wants me to do with my, all of my resources, not just my money, but my time, mm-hmm. all of my gifts, all of them. Um, probably a time in my life that I was most shaped toward this view was when I was young in my faith. Mm-hmm. It was probably in my early, very early 20s, 20, 21, 22, 23. In um, the church, it was kind of the first time I had been truly involved in a local church, okay. really engaged in a local church really experiencing that community. And the pastor of that church, his name was Dr. Frank Barker. 
um, he just blew my mind with the way he talked about generosity. He, first of all, I was shocked that they had lived in the same house for like 40 plus years. I was shocked that he gave so much of his salary back to the church. Mm -hmm. And it was probably the first time I saw someone truly living, just completely surrendered with everything they have. Um, And his goals were not about um, financial success. His goals were about kingdom success. And so I saw him live that out. I saw that example modeled. And that is really when something in me changed. Because before that, I was I was wanting to live the same way that you know the world had taught me mm-hmm. success, financial success, security. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I began to think, wait a minute, am I living for the right goals? Like, what are the goals that a believer lives for? Right. And and it, and it kind of shook me because what I saw around me is like people bought a house and they upgraded in five years, and then they upgraded again, and then they upgraded again. Mm-hmm. And so financial prosperity and success was like something people were chasing after. And so when I saw someone living so counterculture to that, it just made a huge impression on me. And so I caught the vision for, first of all, the local church, and I know we'll talk about that a little bit later too, but I caught the vision for the work of the gospel and the importance of that and how, and the, and how I needed to live my life for that. So it totally changed the way you looked at money. It, it was the way of, I want to live a life generously surrendered, not necessarily accumulating more. Yeah, money is just the tool. Mm, it is. It's right. not wrong to have a lot of money. It's not wrong to have a little money. It's right. the tool. Well, and Chris and Gabe talked about that. Mm-hmm. They addressed it and said it in both these last two weeks. They mm-hmm. both said that the currency of the kingdom of God is faith mm-hmm. and not money. So if we are living a surrendered life, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 not about the money and having more. It's oh. about living in that posture. Right. And, uh, and, you know, as our faith grows, our obedience grows, the peace that we have grows, the purpose, our purpose grows, you know, um, our security comes from our trust in God, not Mm -hmm. our trust in money. I mean, I mean, we know that um, we become citizens of the kingdom through faith. Mm -hmm. So we know that we know that that's that economy. We know that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the currency is faith, and it's also the currency of us in our um, daily living in our Christian life is is growing in our faith in God, our trust in God. And the more we grow in that, the more generous we're going to become, and the more we're going to be aligning our life to His purposes and making a bigger impact um, for the kingdom of God. So, I love that. Mm-hmm. That was good. Um, okay, so y- you guys, you and your family, um, I know this about you, Um you experienced a unique journey, part of your journey, mm-hmm. and, and with your generosity and how living generously. Um, you guys moved to Ethiopia. Yeah, we did. Would you unpack that mm-hmm. for us? Because mm-hmm. I think that when you talk about a life surrendered, that is really a part of your story, but I think yeah. it is a great example of this. Yeah, I still can't believe we did that. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> Like, oh my goodness, what a blessing that was. But yeah, Jay and I went on a mission trip to Ethiopia, and we were kind of working in different parts of Ethiopia. He was down country, I was in the city, and I just felt this um, nudge, this voice 
I want you to move here. And I immediately started crying because I immediately started grieving what that meant. Mm. And then I thought, why am I upset about this? My husband's not going to feel this way, but he did. God was speaking to both of us. So we did. We, we, um, you know, you look at what the world says brings you security, your jobs. Mm-hmm. We quit our jobs. Your house, we sold our house. You know, all of our stuff, we basically get, we didn't even sell our stuff. We basically gave most of our stuff away and we kept one 12 by 12 storage room. And we kept whatever could fit in that storage room. And just room. for the record, you had three kids at this point? Yeah, we that had three what, kids. How old were they? Um, let's see, we had one in kindergarten, and we had one in like fourth grade and one in fifth grade. So, yeah, I mean, we just knew for sure this was God's voice to our life, and we had to obey. I mean, mm-hmm. we tried to back out of it a few times. And so we went from living kind of like pretty independent, like we didn't – you know, independence is a value of our culture, right? Absolutely. You don't need to depend on anybody. Absolutely. You make your way. You, mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't need to depend on anybody. We went from that to living from the generosity of others because we became supported missionaries. Which so, is a really big move. Yeah, it's a huge move. So we, yeah, we lived from the generosity of others. They sent us to Ethiopia. And when we, I mean... We learn so much. I just, my children are, you know, they are who they are because of the years we were in Ethiopia. Like mm-hmm. I am who I am because of those years. And God provided amazingly for us. He provided financially for us, for sure. Like we had amazing people praying for us, you know, supporting us financially. And we knew we were taking a step back like in our financial security. Right. Because we had to use practically all of our savings. We had, you know, we didn't, like we got behind in our retirement, all of those things. But you know what? God provided for us. He always provided for us. And the spiritual blessings, I mean, he provided us protection. One time, this is going to sound crazy, but one time we were chased by a tribe with spears and rocks. Okay. Okay. Um, that's Not because, your normal... I know. Um, Currents um, when you live in the Charlotte metro area. No, no. I mean, <laughs> and you know what? The Lord provided per- protection for us. My mm-hmm. husband, you know, I'm when when crisis hits, I like run in circles. Okay. Like I'm the one that runs around in a circle. My husband like jumps to action. He jumped to action. He got us out of that situation, and God, yeah, God gave him the wisdom to do that. And we, so, and He provided for us health wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, He provided, and um. Like we just saw him show up and provide for us. It just it grew our faith so much. We saw his provision. What one thing I did notice about myself back to me being a spender, mm-hmm. I did realize how much things bring me comfort and security. Because and that was one thing I was actually worried about. Because here, if you need something, you just go to Target. You go or to Target Walmart. or you go online. I pick up my phone and I go to Amazon, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. comes to my door. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and so that really made me nervous. I'm going somewhere where I can't have my convenience. I can't have my comfort. I can't have my stuff. Like, what if I want my favorite candle? What right. if I what if I you know, I can't go buy my favorite this or that? And so that was kind of scary to me. It's a big deal. It's and, a big um, surrender. It I really did, is. I, I definitely grew in that area for sure. I did notice that I became a little bit of a mayonnaise hoarder. Um, mayonnaise hoarder. Yeah. I've never heard of this before. I know. And a taco seasoning and hamburger helper kit hoarder. When when um, So there was this one particular brand of mayonnaise. It was the only one that would bring me some comfort, like the food mm-hmm. situation. And anytime I heard that... Somebody was this, coming over? Well, no. And anytime I heard that one of the little shops had this particular mayonnaise, it's not even... It's called American Garden, but it's not made in America. Okay. I would like get in my car and run and buy like 
jars of it. <laughs> it was like so, because guess what? When I buy all the jars, nobody else can have any. This is true, it's, Tammy. It's so selfish. <laughs> like, I just like, why in the world did I do that? But that mayonnaise somehow represented like security to me in, in some weird way. And when we left Ethiopia, I was so embarrassed by how many jars of that mayonnaise I had in my cabinet. And I was able to give it away and everything. But um, no, when teams came over, Mm -hmm. I would say, like, can you bring us taco seasoning and can you bring us hamburger helper kits and stuff like that? So, you know what? We were like the spoiled missionaries. We really were. But I did learn about myself. Like, sometimes things are too important to me. Um, You and I were talking previously about this and you, there was a word in Amharic which is oh, the Ethiopian yeah. language um yeah. for stuff or what no yeah. is that yeah. it yeah the yes <laughs> that's so funny the word for things or stuff is ika 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 so I I was yeah I was laughing with you and I was saying when I look back on how important stuff was to me I feel ika <laughs> you know like I wish that hadn't been so important it's to me It's interesting that the word for things is ika and it's almost an icky thing yeah. that we think about like my, the fact that I want more things and yeah. stuff Yeah and that that brings me some kind of security comfort and security Yeah mm-hmm. it's like robbing me of just being content You know I think there's so much to that. I think in our culture, it's so easy to get um, security from the things around us, mm. whether it's our house or yeah. um, feeling like we have so much security, but we don't even acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But yet we will use the purchasing of things yeah. to somehow it's like comfort. A comfort. It's a comfort mm-hmm. to us somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To soothe yeah. what's going on soothe. in our life. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like boredom. You turn to, you know, the latest Thing that you think will bring you a little excitement and mm-hmm. that's an area God's growing me in my contentment for sure well I think I love the way you talked about it as the way of surrender mm-hmm. and I do believe it is a surrender that we do on a daily mm-hmm. basis that what brings us comfort may not be what God wants us that's right to comfort us with Mm-mm. he has a different kind of yeah. comfort than the things the ica around us yeah I mean the excitement is obeying him and Fulfilling his plans for our lives. That's where the excitement is. It's not in the latest face cream that I think (laughs) I need so badly. The ad that came on um, Instagram that you just have to order right now. And you just click a button and it's there. It's there in two days. One day. Um, Well, I I think there are examples in the New Testament Mm -hmm. um, of where we find Jesus giving us examples of faith and not money. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there one that stands out to you? Yes, my very favorite... um, passage that I mean I think when we experience Jesus we become more surrendered and more generous okay and I love this passage it's in Luke 7 verses 36 through 50 Um, it's the woman who anoints Jesus with her the rare perfume bottle she breaks it so let me do I'll just read a little bit because the thing that I notice about this encounter with Jesus and and this account in the scripture um, is that she, her life had been changed by Jesus. And because her life was changed by Jesus, she did this very bold thing that probably like, this is embarrassing what she did. So, but for first century culture, for a woman to do anything like this, it's it's crazy. Extremely. Yes. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, But it shows us how, deeply Jesus impacted her life. So it, yeah, I'll read it really quickly. 
Um, so one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet because they were lounging for dinner. So his feet would have been behind uh, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Can you imagine, like, the scandal? It was completely that scandalous. That was? Absolutely. I mean, they knew who this woman was. I'm not going to say, but maybe some of them knew her in different ways. In a different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they knew her more than they should have. And she just came in and just with a, with reckless abandon mm-hmm. blessed Jesus with this perfume on his feet wiping his feet with her hair. So when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. And of course, then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him a story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? And Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. So Jesus goes on to like... um, applaud the woman mm-hmm. like she anointed my feet with her perfume you didn't right. even wash my feet you know right um and and he really made the woman the hero well which was custom when you went into someone's mm-hmm. home in first century you would wash you were you had supplies there for them to, to wash, wash their, feet. their feet yeah and that didn't yeah, happen yeah. yeah and um and then jesus says i tell you her sins and they are many have been forgiven so she has shown me much love Mm. But a person who's forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And then he says in verse 50 to the woman, he says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So to me, this just represents the woman's um, experience with Jesus. And she, because of her experience with Jesus, because of the forgiveness that she knew Jesus extended to her, Mm -hmm. she was willing to give him everything. She was willing to put herself out there in a very embarrassing situation to show him. Her love, her love for him. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just such a touching um, passage, and it's like this inspires me. I want to give Jesus everything. You know, Absol- I want to give him all mm-hmm. of my resources mm-hmm. because of how much he's done for me out of the gratitude for all the spiritual blessings and all that he's given to me. It, it is that posture of gratitude because mm-hmm. you understand what God has done, mm-hmm. and we understand the forgiveness that he's given to us. And th- the generosity that he has already shown us because he has forgiven us of our sins, given us the gift of faith and therefore Mm -hmm. it changes the way in which we live. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think we get stuck on the money piece Mm -hmm. instead of what's behind it. Mm -hmm. And this, Mm -hmm. this passage does that, but this is exactly what we're talking about when we talk about God's kingdom currency being faith and not money. Right. So much of our lives, on this side of eternity and in this world today revolve around what we can have and not have and do based on money mm-hmm. and our perspective to it. So this is a, a shift and a change mm-hmm. that I think is part of the growth journey that we're all on. Yeah. 
um, as believers. Well, when we experience Jesus, um, I would say if you're if you don't feel like you're a cheerful giver, mm, you know, yes. one of the things you might do is realize I don't. Maybe I haven't experienced Jesus deeply enough. Maybe I need to spend more time growing to know him, spending more time with him, understanding more deeply what he's done. Because the more we experience Jesus and encounter him, the more generous we're going to be. We're not as tied to our expensive perfume. <laughs> our ikkas. <laughs> our ikkas. <laughs> we're not holding our ikka. You know, we're releasing mm-hmm. it for the kingdom. We're releasing it because of our love for him. So growing in our love for Jesus is a path to generosity. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, in these last two weeks, we've covered five principles, and um, they were all five, the five Ps, mm-hmm. that we are prayerful toward our money, yeah. that we are prioritized, we plan it out, we budget. It's personal, it's progressive, it grows as we continue to grow mm-hmm. in our faith. Um, and I think Jen Payne said this, and I thought this was really good, these are principles and not commands. Mm-hmm. So... Um, if you've listened to these last two weeks and you're, we're growing in these understandings, this is not that we have to keep all of these and this is a checklist right. for us. Right. This is, these are some things that are strategically healthy, but are also not required. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also talked about like starting with giving at, at the local church. Yeah. Why is the local church important? Yeah. Why is it where we begin? Yeah. Goodness, I, when I think about the Matters family, mm-hmm. I don't know where we would be without the local church. I just, when I look back, I don't even know if when I, when we were, um, when I was a, a young believer, mm-hmm. you know, first getting involved in the church, growing so much in my faith, you know, being taught the scripture, and then getting married and understanding more what it means to have a marriage centered on Jesus you know, and, and then raising my children in the church where they're taught, where they're not only taught how to follow Jesus, but they're loved by a community. And I don't know that in the midst of all that, I really understood the power of the church in my mm. personal life. Um, but now looking back, I, I, I can see the fruit of our involvement in the local church. I mean, it taught us, we learned mm-hmm. how to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. We were taught the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We were taught how to study the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the next generation is loved and taught through the church. We learned about marriage. We learned about, I mean, we were constantly inspired to live our life's purpose for the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, we learn. you know, and if we don't have that constant love, that constant encouragement, we just live for ourselves again, right? Like That's so, so true. I'll just say for, for me, the local church has been a huge um, like influence in my life, and I think my children's lives and our family. And again, I don't know that I understood how the church was shaping so much of the way we lived and, and the peace and the security and the like living out a different purpose than the world was telling us to live out. Um, but... And then, you know, you and I gave our careers, our lives to the church. Yes. Because, you know, the church is eternal. Right. It's the only mm-hmm. organization mm-hmm. that's eternal. Absolutely. And the work of the church is eternal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the gospel. It's the work of the gospel. It's helping people find and follow Jesus. It's helping people find Jesus and then bringing them into the community of the church and teaching them and caring for them and loving them and providing them a community of support. I mean, 
I just believe so much in the local church, and I think if people understand the unique, the uniqueness and the important eternal work of the local church, it's just it's a no-brainer to be investing in the local church. I think um, I love that, and I think you know there's something about when we talked earlier about the surrender and the mm-hmm. posture, and then for you to be able to say, "Hey, when I look back mm-hmm. and see the impact, I, I can't not." Um, start there Mm -hmm. because of the impact that it has had on your family. And I would say the same for my family. Mm -hmm. And um, I think having spent my, my career basically Mm -hmm. in the church, it's been the most amazing, beautiful thing. It's messy. Yes, it's messy. It's not perfect perfect, Mm -hmm. because we're not perfect. I am not perfect, Mm -hmm. but I have the privilege and honor Mm -hmm. to serve and to be a part of. And I think one of the things that is, the idea we, we get this idea that we can live outside of the church and our faith outside of the church. And and God has yeah. called us to be with one another yeah. and called us to be together mm-hmm. in community. And I need community That's so right. much. And the more I live, the more I know that I need I need the one another's that the Bible yeah. talks about yeah. and I need to be with others. So true. And that's where it starts. Yeah. It's it, supernatural. I think the church is supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um it it really is. It's you know, it's 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 completely, you know, you're experiencing the work of God when you're in the church. Now, of course, we we financially support other organizations. We right. really believe in college ministry. You know, we we you know, we we were sent uh and of course, we are <laughs> mm-hmm. now senders of mm-hmm. other people who mm-hmm. are uh, you know, working for the global church. Right. Um but yeah, I just think the local church is so special and I, I always want everyone to understand how special God's um body that's what that's what he calls mm-hmm. it in the scripture. Mm-hmm. It's his body. It's the body of Christ. It's an amazing, special place. And uh, the other image that comes to my mind is the, the uh, that of family. Mm-hmm. And we take care of family. That's right. Um, and that is a beautiful picture to I me as well. I've been cared for oh, so much so through the church. Well. Mm-hmm. Prayed for. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you guys know that a lot of you know that I'm going to have surgery soon. I just the cards I've received, the people who are bringing me meals. The love, uh, it's it's, you know, and these are eternal relationships. Absolutely, these are these are my mm-hmm. brothers and sisters that I'll be with for eternity, and it's right. just we're caring for each other this side of heaven. You Again, know? it's that life surrendered and caring mm-hmm. for one another and mm-hmm. loving the way God has called us to love. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I want us to talk just a couple more minutes about um, one of the things Chris and Gabe hit in these two weeks were. There's an idea out there yeah. called the pro- prosperity gospel yeah. that says that I give um, mm-hmm. so that God will give and bless me. Right. Um, unpack that a little yeah. bit more. Like, you know, the first time this is going to sound so bizarre, but the first time I started understanding what the prosperity gospel was, I was watching this TV show and it was this prosperity gospel preacher. Okay. And he was, he had this little countdown clock and he was saying like, you need to give. And he, he said, it'll come. It was, I think he was calling it like seed. It was, he was using this word seed money or something. And he said, give this amount of money. And then tonight only wear a sock on your left foot. <laughs> and then your money is going to multiply tenfold. He was like making a promise almost to the audience. Well, that was kind of like an obvious, like this is this is out there. This is out there. This is very corrupt. You know, right. this is a corrupt that you're you're exploiting people and you're mm-hmm. 
So that that's obvious. I don't know. I always laugh at that. It just seems so bizarre. It is bizarre. Um, but honestly, I think it can, even though we would say that's what the prosperity gospel is, but some of those like concepts permeate even Absolutely. mainline mm-hmm. Christianity mm-hmm. where we think we can control God. I mean, that's what it is. It's manipulation. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. we think we can manipulate God. Mm-hmm. We think I can control God. Sometimes we think we can c- control God by our behavior. Like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm good, if I do the right things, God has to bless me. Same with our money. If I give to God, He has to bless me financially. And so it's just it's it's yeah it's take it's putting ourselves out of order. It's putting us yeah. above God. I'll do this so like you'll do this for him. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's giving to get instead of giving, you know, to be a part of God's. You know, purposes for the world instead and, of and out of obedience, yeah, obedience and surrendered mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. God, you've provided this for me, therefore, yeah, I want to give back. Yeah, now um, we know that when we give, you know, we are blessed, and we know the spiritual blessings that that we receive. But again, you know, we're not giving in order to receive from the Lord. You know, we're giving to be a part of his work. And he has generously given us the opportunity to be a part of his work. He doesn't have to use us. He does not. He doesn't have to. It is a gift. But he loves us and he wants us to be a part of his plan. We get to play a part in his mission for the world. And so, like, when we get that, we we want to step more into being a part of that mission. I love that, um, living on that mission. Mm-hmm. Well, our sermon these two weeks in this series, um, God doesn't need our money. He wants our hearts. Mm-hmm. That's been the bottom line. Yeah. What would you unpack that a little bit for mm-hmm. us? Yeah. He wants our hearts. I mean, he wants, he wants us to be all in for the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't want, and again, it's for, it's for us. You know, it's a blessing to us to get to be a part of his work. I mean, when the more I step in, the more I'm all in for the work of the gospel, um, the more I give him my full heart, really. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm giving him my full heart. Mm-hmm. My heart is devoted to him. Um, I receive, like, the peace, the joy, all of these amazing things. Um, so, you know, he invites me in. Mm-hmm. He wants me to give him my full heart, and when I do, I'm full. I'm I'm really full. So yes, he could accomplish his purposes apart from me. Mm-hmm. Totally, I could say, yeah, not gonna join in. Right. Keep keep all my resources for mm-hmm. what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanna I wanna bigger this. I wanna better that. Um, but when I give him my heart, I'm stepping fully in. Mm-hmm. And and man, it's an exciting life. It's a it's like full of purpose, full of joy, full of blessing. It just, it gives you so much more than a face serum from Amazon could ever I give love it. you. Right. Like it just it is the way to abundant life is just to be all in um, for his purposes. Amen. Mm-hmm. I love it. Tammy, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for unpacking this with me today and I would just ask that you would pray for us before yeah. we go. Okay. Sure will. Father, I just pray um, first of all, I thank you. I just express gratitude to you that you do invite us into your purposes. You invite us into your plan, your redemptive plan for the world, Lord. And you want our hearts. You do. You want us two feet in for the work that you're doing, Lord. Um, we thank you. We, sh- we give you gratitude that you allow us to be a part of the exciting work you're doing in the world with people, 
We know that your work is people, um, helping people find and follow Jesus, Lord. I ask that you inspire us. I ask that if if there are those of us who maybe need to lean more into being a cheerful giver, Lord, that you inspire us with with um, who Jesus is to us and that you inspire us with the vision that you have through the church, the light of the world um, for the gospel, Lord. Um, work in our hearts. Help us to surrender more to your plan and be more generous. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you for listening, for watching, and we'll be back next time, and you can find us where you listen to podcasts.